Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message from Daniel Hagen. I've just asked Chelsea and Chris just to wait on God and release uh, a couple of prophetic words. It could be for individuals or it could be uh, for, for numerous people here. So I want to invite you now just to open up your heart and just get ready. And let's see what God wants to do in this moment, this precious moment. It's so good to be with family. We set this time, this Sunday morning, the Lord's Day, where we dedicate it to God. We bring our families, we, we come together around friends, and we lift up the name above all names. We honor this moment. We treasure these moments. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This, this precious lady here, what's your name? Lorraine. Lorraine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What I saw, Lorraine, over your life is you're a mighty intercessor and uh, God has seen your prayers and God uh, answers your prayers. I see there's things that you've been personally praying for and believing God for years and years and years and uh, you still haven't seen with your own eyes those things but God would say that uh, you will see those things that you've been praying and believing God for and I see you sitting there and I see you like a cross stitch. You're sitting there and you're, and you're doing cross stitch and uh, you know God is saying that because of your faithfulness and your praying and your steadfast love for him that you have been able to paint the picture that he wanted on this earth that you have been able to complete his heart on this earth in so many different ways and you know there's been a lot of your life that you've been behind the scenes but God would say he has seen and he has heard. And I see this beautiful tapestry in front of you, this beautiful cross stitch that shows this beautiful picture. You know, and God would say that because of your faithfulness and your steadfastness that you've brought so much color of his heaven onto this earth. And so he would say, be encouraged, daughter. You keep praying and you keep believing because I'm answering those prayers. When you lift your voice and you speak my word that my angels are at the ready to perform my words, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Is Alana still here? She's gone. Okay, I had a word for her. That's all right. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel like as well, as a corporate word for people that, you know, Many people in here feel like nothing's happening, that God's not doing anything at the moment in your world. It just seems really stagnant and nothing's really moving too much. But can I encourage you that God is doing a deep work in you, that he is strengthening, that he is building for the next season. Just like, you know, in winter, it doesn't look like anything's happening. It looks like everything's bare. It looks like everything's dead. It doesn't look like there's any fruit on the tree, any form of life. But God would say it's necessary 
for the next season. It's necessary for you to bear the fruit that you are going to bear in the next season, that this season of drawing close to Him, I feel like it's a season where we're just drawing close to Him, where all that stuff that doesn't matter, all the noise, I feel like God just wants to drown out the noise. And we would just come back to the heart of just seeking Him, not for, not for anything else, but just who He is. Not for the gifts, not for the power, not for anything else, but Jesus, I just love you. Jesus, I just want to worship you. Jesus, you're worthy. And I feel like God is bringing people back into that place, that place of intimacy, where it's not about anything else. There's no other agenda. There's no other reason for seeking him than just, Jesus, I just want to know you on this earth. Jesus, I just want to draw close to you. Jesus, you're my heart's desire. Jesus, I turn my affection and my attention upon heaven because nothing else matters. And when we're in that place, I tell you, there is nothing that God can't do through you for a heart that is just so set upon Him and immovable no matter what comes, no matter what storm, no matter what circumstance. When we remain immovable, when we just look into the eyes of Jesus, when we just look into the eyes of the Father, where we know that all things are possible. That's the place that God is drawing each one of us at the moment. That is the season. It doesn't look like much is happening, but it is so vital for the next season for you to bear fruit. Hallelujah. So be encouraged. Draw close to the Father. Draw close to Him, closer than you've ever been. Set aside time. Throw everything else out the, the window. Set aside time to seek heaven. And you watch what God's going to do through your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I feel like I've got a, a picture uh, for this guy here, white shirt, glasses. Sorry, I, I, with the lights, I can't see your face, but uh, I've just seen the, the, the glory. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, man. That's me. What's your name? Brian. Brian. <laughs> Yeah, so I saw this picture of you like um, on this obstacle course and at first it's like this high rope thing and you're like pulling yourself up and it's a bit of a struggle at first but then uh, God's really encouraging. He's like, keep pushing, keep pushing and it starts to, as you, you're uh, building that strength in him, it starts to get easier and easier and then the, the course kind of grew, the obstacle course actually grew and uh, it was almost like this special forces training ground. And I saw you going through uh, like this high wall and this jump rope course thing. And I felt like God was saying that he's uh, uh, encouraging you to push through these obstacles because it's actually training. Because uh, with, with the government sends out special forces for two main things to... Uh, take out targets of the enemy but also to rescue so i just really see that on you that as you get, get strengthened in the lord and, and and push through the temporary it's actually uh equipping you to bring freedom for people in the long run so bless you man <laughs> hallelujah so uh holy spirit uh, open my eyes up to see a portal, there was a portal there, a portal of heaven, but also saw fire coming down on each and every head. You know those little tongues of fire? It's on every single head here at the moment. But the amazing thing about this 
was even at Pentecost that fire went. Didn't stay on their heads. But for you guys, Holy Spirit saying it's not going to leave you. Even when you depart, when you go out of this building today, in the past, the presence, manifest presence that's been on you has left you the moment you walked out that door. It's not going to happen anymore. It's going to remain on you. It's going to remain on you. It's going to remain on you. And you'll know that fire will be on your head when you walk out. In your comings and in your goings, that fire will remain on you. Hallelujah. It's got a got a word for you, Geordie. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for Geordie, Lord God. I feel like God's saying to you that uh that He's right rewriting your story of victory, that you're not a victim, but you're a victor. And God would just say that he has great and many and mighty plans for your life. And God says, I know the plans I have for your life, says the Lord, that they are good and they are to prosper you. And I see that the enemy's come really hard over your walk with God and he's come down and he's, you know, he's on every side at times. But God would just say that I am the Lord, your God are with you. I'm with you. I am with you. And I'm rewriting your story of victor. Rewriting the story of victory over your life, says God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, right now, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you would just bring a fresh touch to him in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, for I've called you, says the Lord. For I've called you to do a great and mighty work on this earth. And the enemy's come and he's tried to stop that. But God would say, regardless, I've called you. I have called you, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Touch him right now, Holy Spirit. Fire of heaven, God, never to be the same again. God, don't let him be the same again, God. When he leaves here, I pray for a fresh fire, God, a fresh yearning for you, God, for the things of heaven, God. In Jesus' name, victorious in Jesus' name. Glory to God. All right, let's give Jesus some praise. That's fun. We take time sometimes to do that. Wait on God, release prophetic words, words of knowledge. The gifts of the Spirit are for the church. Amen? And it's good to take time and see what God wants to say, sometimes to individuals, sometimes collectively. Sometimes a word for someone can also be like a two-edged sword and can be for you too. So, uh, and then sometimes in, in these moments when we wait on God, it doesn't necessarily even need to be through someone. It can be through heaven directly speaking to your heart in those moments. So we like to create space where God can speak to us, where we love, love on Him, and then He speaks back to us as well and loves on us also. Band, let's give them a round of applause. Great job. Beautiful, beautiful worship. We're a, we're a blessed house having you guys. We really are. It's amazing worship. I'm going to be getting into, uh, going to be teaching, give you a couple of scriptures this morning, but I want to tell you that we've been, a team of us has been in Vienna, in Austria for Awakening Austria. Some of you guys have heard of Awakening Australia. We're in Melbourne at the Marvel Stadium in November. We also do a whole bunch of things in Europe. And uh, Awakening as a ministry, we see it as a missions arm for Fire Church. So we heavily support uh, this Awakening movement. And uh, it's like sending missionaries back into Europe 
places like Stockholm, for example, when we were at the Friends Arena, uh, that city and that nation has, is 2% Christian, which is so devastating and so sad because uh, it's got like a cross on their flag. It's got Christian heritage in their roots, and yet the enemy's been able to really devastate that nation with humanism, uh, with secularism, and, uh, and so it's, it's great to get in there and preach the gospel, win, win people back to Jesus. Uh, but this time around, we were in Vienna, Austria, which uh, neighbors uh, Germany, and we had a wonderful time. I want to show you the first photo. And uh, it was the first time that we've had a sold-out arena uh, before the event actually started. Normally, it, it always uh, fills and we have free tickets, but it was quite a challenge because we'd given out a whole bunch of free tickets out on the streets, but so many people registered uh, for the event, and it was a it was a packed out arena, which was wonderful. So, uh, yeah, let's give Jesus some praise for that. Because I haven't seen anything like that for a long time. I was talking to a lot of local Austrian people, and they said, you know, it's like a miracle to gather a thousand people in Austria. And so they haven't seen God move like this in a long time, maybe since the Billy Graham days. So God's doing it again. All your prayers where you say, you know, those people that love revival history, we, we see God move. In, in previous decades and centuries, and we've been praying, God, do it again. Do it again in this nation. Do it again in our land. Do it in Europe. Do it all over the world. We want Jesus to be king and to be Lord, and uh, he certainly was in Austria. Forty nations were represented, which was pretty amazing. So it wasn't just Austrian people, 40 nations. And of course, in Europe, a lot of the nations are very close together, so it's easy to gather various nations into Europe. But this was so powerful. We saw uh, close to 1,000 people give their hearts to Jesus. That's 1,000 first-time decisions. So during the, was, the event went over four days, and during the night uh, rallies, we would preach the gospel, and then we would uh, create a space at the front, and every night the altar was full, and uh, it was close to 1,000 people that got saved. That's in the actual venue itself, which was amazing. And then there were countless miracles. Of course, we do huge outreaches. We call it Flood uh, Austria or Flood Vienna and thousands of people committed to go out onto the streets and to preach the gospel, share their faith, heal the sick, demonstrate the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Uh, and we did it in, in different ways. So we had groups from America and different places that, that came out and uh, we put on drama skits and there was music and there was all sorts of creative ways we were able to present and share the gospel with the people of Austria. And as a result, many of those people came in from the streets and heard the gospel and got saved, which was amazing. So uh, we had hundreds of support churches. So those uh, thousand odd people that were first time decisions for Jesus have now been, um, are now being plugged into those local churches in Austria, which is so cool. So let's give Jesus a big shout out for what... <laughs> What he did, what he's doing, uh, man, there was so many, so, so, so many testimonies. I want to, I'll take you to the next one, next photo. This is really cool. So this is like the Herald Sun of Austria, like it's a parallel. It's their main uh, newspaper in Vienna, and uh, I don't know if you can see, but in that, in the, the small box to the right, you can see Ben, he's got his hand praying for a guy in a suit. Well, that guy in the suit is the Chancellor of 
Austria, which is like the way we would say Prime Minister. So he's, it's the counterpart to Scott Morrison. Now, um, he was invited some time ago and he accepted the invitation, which was amazing. Now, he's a, a traditional Catholic. I'm not sure how much, he's a, how much of a practicing Catholic he is. But we also had a very well-known archbishop that was going to be uh, attending the conference as well. So I think that made him feel a little bit more comfortable that he could come along uh, because there was an archbishop there. And also I found out later that his chief of staff and, uh, and main advisor is a radical born-again Christian. And so he was advising him correctly. Yes, you should attend that event. <laughs> but in Austria, it's, it's against protocol to kind of pray like that. Uh, especially in public, and to put your hand on the, the chancellor's shoulder and pray publicly like that. But Ben did, and you can see, in the, I don't know if you can notice in that photo, but he's kind of looking at Ben. Ben's got his eyes closed praying, and he's looking at Ben. But he said, he said he felt something really, uh, really amazing when Ben was praying. And he was quite grateful for the prayer, but it was, it was really disturbing the normal. It was breaking protocol. Do you know sometimes we need to do that? For heaven to invade a situation, we need to break tradition sometimes. We need to break protocol. We need to push through the fear factor and disturb the normal so that heaven can come. And we need to ignite the dynamite that's in us. And to do that, often we need to disturb the normal. So, now, this guy on the left, he came to our hotel after this happened because it went viral because we filmed it and onto many different um, platforms, TV platforms, hundreds of thousands of viewers and the mainstream news picked up on this particular thing with the chancellor being prayed for and it was like the trending topic in Austria for six days straight. It was on front page newspapers and the TV. This guy, uh, this reporter on the left, he came to do a report on it to interview Ben. This is at the actual hotel and, uh, and he ended up getting prayer as well and, uh, and he said he also felt something. So it was actually positive news and Jesus became the household name in every home in Austria for six days straight and in fact even after 11 days it wasn't front page news but after 11 days it, there was it was still cycling as a news story that the chancellor received prayer in Austria at this event isn't that amazing so everyone in Austria is talking about prayer and they they call Ben the Kurtz preacher that's his name. That's his surname, the Kurtz Preacher. So I think that's pretty cool. Let's give Jesus some praise for that. Um, awakening music is made up of, of Aussies, actually. And so we led the worship on Friday morning, Saturday night, and Sunday night. I'm going to come back down here again. It's better down here. Feel closer. So uh, led the worship, and uh, every time it's amazing. But I must say that this time felt even more powerful than it's ever been before. The presence was so strong when we were worshiping and 10,000 plus people were actually leading us in the worship. It, wasn't, it didn't feel like we were leading them. It felt like they were leading us. In fact, the roars of the saints were so loud that on, on a couple of occasions I actually had to ask the band to kind of just quieten down because I couldn't make out what was going on. I, I'm trying to hear the band and we had our set, we had our plan, but the roars of the, of the saints were so loud we had to stop and just flow with what they were doing, like spontaneous songs were breaking out 
So we were just going with what they were doing. Like they'd start to, they had a whole bunch of people from Brazil and they're breaking out into, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, hey, Jesus, Jesus. We just start playing that. Oh, hey, oh, hey. And then another group would, another nationality would break out into another song and we would just flow with that. And, and so it was just this spontaneous, beautiful worship from people from all different, uh, all different nations. And halfway through the set on Saturday night, I felt it in the spirit, something shift really powerfully. Now I know scripturally and I've seen it before and I've, I've experienced but this was like another dimension and the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people or he's enthroned upon the praises of his people now we know as in new in the new covenant we have the presence in us the anointing the fire of God it doesn't leave us it's in us but there's a there's a power and like what dad was saying there's a power that's also not only in us but around us and that can come on us as well and uh and so there was such a power being released in these meetings. And I remember on the Saturday night, about halfway through the set, there was like a shift in the spirit. And the glory came really thick. And, and earlier than what we normally expect. Normally it's like towards the end of the set, we really feel the glory come. We build towards that. But it broke out really quickly. And I looked down the front and there was a guy. Now there's a really like big, like the stage is probably about that high. There's a big fence. Uh, and there's supposed to be security guards like in the middle and you can see from that photo like it's totally packed so the people are packed right at the front they're pushed against the gate and they're packed all the way all all through the floor right right up into the stands and there was a guy at the front and he I, I was watching him he began to like contort like halfway through the set his body is like contorting and then his head starts smashing against the he's not head banging like <laughs> He starts smashing against the, uh, the fence, the steel fence. And I'm like, going, and I'm watching, and I could tell the people around him didn't know what to do. They didn't understand that this was demonic, that, this was, that he was manifesting. And I went on for about two minutes. I'm like, I've got to do, do something about this. So in between the chorus and the verse, <laughs> I quickly ran over to the side and just said to a, uh, a team of people, we need to get some people at the front because something's happening. And so they ended up carrying him over the fence, taking him to the side, I found out later that the guy was a Muslim. And uh, I don't know if he's a full-on practicing Muslim, but he professes or he professed to be a Muslim. And he received a free ticket. Now, the free ticket doesn't really have a lot of Christianese on it. It's like a pseudo campaign. So it's not people, when they receive it, they don't, sometimes don't even realize it's a Christian event. They think they're just coming to like a rock concert or something. And so he's at the front thinking it's a rock concert, just enjoying the music. And then halfway through the set, the glory comes and then the demons start manifesting in him. And so they were able to pray for him, deliver him. I'm still trying to find out the details about whether he got born again, but they were able to explain to him that this is Jesus. This is the presence of God. And so uh, that was, was really kind of weird and fun and amazing. And then in the same, like around... I think around five minutes later, in, in exactly the same spot, a girl starts shaking. She's a 15-year-old girl. She starts shaking and trembling. And, uh, but this time, it's, it's healing. And she's holding her um, uh, hearing aids in her hands. And she's crying. And I jumped down and, and I said, what's, what's going on? And, and she said, uh, I can hear. God is, God's healed me. I can hear clearly. And she's like crying and shaking. She could tell she didn't really know what was going on either. But she knew that she was being healed and that God was healing her. 
And, uh, and then from there, Ben gets up to flow in the Spirit and, and he could just sense that there was an anointing on, on this particular meeting for deliverance. And so he flowed in the Spirit, flowed with what was happening. And then around five minutes after that transition, all of a sudden, like the band was quiet, but then you start to hear these like shrieks, like demons. It was like a deliverance session. It went on for about 10 minutes where people with demons were just coming out of people left, right, and center all throughout the auditorium or all throughout the uh, arena. It was really interesting, really, really, really cool. And then Todd shared his testimony, preached the gospel, and then you just saw like hundreds of people just stream forward to give their life to Jesus. It was amazing. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. Glory to God. Before Todd had the chance to finish the, uh, his message, particularly around the, uh, the altar call, one guy, I don't know where he came from around the arena, but he sprinted to the front. And you could tell he doesn't understand church protocol or doesn't understand what, the, what an altar call is because he just runs, jumps the barrier, gets past the security guards, jumps up on the subs, up on the stage, and just grabs Todd around the, around the shoulders. He's weeping and he said, he whispered in Todd's ear, if I didn't have Jesus, I'd die. And he said, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So he, was a, he wanted to kill himself. He was suicidal. And the gospel just got to him so much that he, he just ran past the barriers. And so Todd's like got hit. He's carrying on, uh, holding onto Todd's neck. And he's trying to finish his message, finish the altar call. And then everyone else runs forward and gives their life to Jesus as well. So isn't that cool? Glory to God. I want to take you to Acts 1.8. Just for the next few minutes, I want to give you some scriptures and, and fire you up in the way of uh, this power that I've been talking about. It's not just for these arena events. It's for our everyday life. God wants to see this power explode in every situation. He wants to bring that supernatural miracle working power into your marriage, into your family, into the workplace, into your business, into your everyday life in the shopping center, wherever you are, there's a power in you. The same power that caused this to happen is in you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The same power that the apostles operated in. And you read the book of Acts and you see these extraordinary acts of the apostles through God. That same power is in every single believer. Pop, pops with me. Anybody else believe it? Because this power, if you don't believe it, it can lay dormant. So it's important that you first of all believe it. And there's a dynamite in you. There's a miracle working power in you, but it's important that you understand how to ignite the dynamite. Otherwise, it just lays dormant. And that would be so devastating for heaven to know that there is something in you. God paid the ultimate price, sent His only begotten Son died on the cross for the remission of sin so we can be in relationship with God so that we can dwell in heaven forever, have eternal life, but also so that he can get heaven in you now. And, and he, he gives us, he's given us this miracle working dynamite power for all those that have been born again, for all those that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. The power is in you, but it's important that you ignite it. You've got to have faith to ignite it. You've got to be moved with love, moved with compassion. You've got to care about the world around you. You've got to care about the people around you. As Christians, if we really believe there's a heaven and hell, how can we not 
want to see this miracle working power destroy the works of the devil and set people free, those people that are in our life, that are around us, those people that we influence in our day-to-day life. Are you with me? So Acts 1.8, there's many examples of this word dunamis, but I'm going to use this scripture as an example. Acts 1.8 says, You shall receive power. Everyone say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That means us here in Australia. So that word power, if you look at that in the original form or the original language, the Koinonian Greek language, you'll discover a word dunamis. That word dunamis is where we derive or where we get our English word dynamite from. A dynamo, a dynamic, those English words come from that Koinonian Greek word dunamis. So part of the definition of dunamis is to understand that it's explosive power. It's dynamite. It's not a natural power. It's a supernatural, miracle-working power. It's not tame. It's not quiet. It's explosive. We need to understand that. Jesus is described as a lamb, yes. But that's because he was a perfect lamb that was sacrificed, that was slain. He was a spotless lamb that was sacrificed for our sin. But he's also a lion. He's not shy. He's not timid. He's not afraid. He doesn't carry a false humility. He doesn't keep his faith in a box. He's out loud and expressive. And that explosive power wants to destroy the works of the devil. And it's in you. Amen? Who believes that? Come on, Jesus. So if it's miracle-working power and it's inside you, it's important that you know about this, right? I want to take us to 1 John 3, 8. Frank Clancy and I, uh, we're developing a curriculum and it's going to come in workbook forms in various different forms uh, around this subject of igniting the dynamite. We're going to be covering healing, deliverance and, uh, and the gospel being preached. And so I'm giving you a little sample, a little taste of that today, but we're going to be hitting it from all different angles. And we really want every, we, our heart is for every believer to really get a hold of and understand the fullness of of, uh, of what they're called to do on this earth. Amen? So 1 John 3, 8 reads like this. It says, He who sins is of the devil. I like 1 John. I, I like the, the simplicity, the, uh, the black and white language here. I'm going to say it, read it again. He who sins is of the devil. God still hates sin. When you say to the person next to you, God still hates sin. He hated it in the Old Testament and he still hates it today. And he says, it's of, who, who sins is of the devil. It would be devastating to, for you to think that you're a Christian, but actually be of the devil. That's a huge deception. How do you know if you're a Christian? Well, it's by faith, of course, it's grace, but it's also you're showing the fruits of a Christian. How do you know that you've actually really been transformed by the power of God? You don't want to sin anymore. Uh, You might make mistakes, yes, but it's not your default. It's not your natural thing to sin anymore. You're now a new creation and you hate the idea of sin. 
You might be tempted still, yes. You might get weird thoughts and you might sometimes even do things that you don't want to do, but it's not your normal. Your normal is to be growing more and more in holiness and living out holiness. Amen? Because we're not of the devil, we're of God. But if you're in habitual practices of sin, then be careful not to stay in that place and in deception and think that it's okay because somehow you've got grace and you've got forgiveness and you can just keep going in that pattern of sin. He who sins, the Bible says, is of the devil. It's not my main point, but I just felt I needed to accent that right now in this moment because Jesus is so, he loves you so much, he doesn't want you to be in deception. But if you have been in a practice of habitual iniquity or sin, you can be set free from the power of sin today. You can be born again. You can give your life to Jesus. And our ministry team after this meeting, and in fact shortly, they're going to be ready praying for you and they can help you and God can forgive you and give you the power. You know, grace, the definition of grace is unmerited favor. So all of us as Christians, we've been given this grace. It's not merited. We didn't, we didn't get this grace because of our good deeds. God gave it to us because we said yes to Him. It's a free gift. But the grace is also an empowering force to help you live out holiness. The Bible says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. It's quiet in here in this Presbyterian church. Hello? If you're with me, come on. Amen. Whew. All right. So, uh, 1 John 3, 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. This is my main point that I wanted to get to. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested or made known that He might destroy the works of the devil. Everyone say destroy. What's dynamite for? It's to destroy stuff, to blow stuff up. <laughs> so we've got supernatural dynamite in us. What's it for? Blow stuff up, destroy stuff. What stuff? The works of the devil. What's that? Sickness, disease, chains of addiction, depression, anxiety, heaviness. We bring the gospel. We release the kingdom. Joy, peace, freedom, righteousness, holiness, salvation. We blow stuff up. We destroy the works of the devil. Three keys in igniting the dynamite. First one, if you're writing this down, and I'm going to finish on this. The first one is faith. I'm so glad you're here today hearing this because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. These testimonies build faith. The Scriptures build faith. This environment builds faith. And it's faith that's needed to activate that dynamite or to ignite the dynamite. Number two, it's got to come from a place of love. Love is the fire, the flame that ignites that dynamite. Jesus was moved with compassion. He went about doing good, destroying the works of the devil because he was moved with compassion. He said, I do what I see the Father doing. How did he know what, he, how did he know what the Father was doing? Because he spent time with the Father. He was constantly interacting in relationship with the Father. He got away from the crowds, the stuff, and spent time in prayer on the mountain with the Father to get the, heart, the, the Father's heart. We need to do that as well. We need to go to the source of love. God is love. We need to spend time with God and let, that, let His love flow through us. Let us too be moved with compassion and love is the flame that ignites the dynamite to destroy the works of the devil. You with me? Does that sound all right? Number one, faith. Number two, perfect love. 
We don't want it to lay dormant. We, want, we need this flame. We need the flame of God to ignite this miracle-working power in us. And number three, get him, Mama Judy. <laughs> Come on. And number three, we need to disturb, we need to be willing to disturb the normal. So it's one thing to have faith, but the Bible says faith without action or faith without works is dead. It's one thing to, it's one thing to say that you love God. It's another thing that, to show God that you love Him by loving the people around you. And, and be willing to disturb the normal. Whether that's pray for the chancellor on, in front of hundreds of thousands of people and break protocol, or whether it's, I recently found out that the sergeant in arms or the ex-sergeant in arms of the banditos in Melbourne, notorious criminal, in and out of prison, dangerous man, got radically born again. And uh, he's going to be sharing his story here in a few months' time with Daz Chettle. I just found out some of the details and it's extraordinary. But it took someone to step out of the comfort zone, to push through intimidation, to be able to share the gospel, which is the power, the miracle working power of God that has caused his heart to be transformed and to see repentance in his life, to come out of extraordinary darkness and into extraordinary light. Isn't that awesome? Come on, Jesus. Woo! Glory to God. So we need to be willing to step out of the comfort zone and disturb the normal and change what normal is. Jesus is the new normal. Prayer's the new normal. Jesus is the new trending topic. Jesus is the new name, the household name, the new household conversation. That's our aim. And he wants to do it through you. Bring Jesus, bring heaven into the workplace. For some of you, I had this word earlier in the first service. Some of you, in your business, you feel like it's become static or even more accurately to describe it as uh, like it's plateaued or you feel like in your business it's become mundane and you're just going through the motions. But God wants to bring a fresh wind of His supernatural power into your business, into your marriage. He wants to teach you to ignite that dynamite in your everyday life. It's not just for the arenas or for church or special outreaches. It's for everyday life, this miracle working power. To see people healed and delivered and set free. And He wants to use all of us. He wants to use every believer every believer to get on board. So number one, we ignite it with faith. Number two, with love, with perfect love that comes from God. And number three, we need to be willing to disturb the normal. Amen? Willing to step through. The fear of man breaks in Jesus' name. The opinions of people are secondary to the will of God. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this and other resources and information, go to our website, firechurch.com.au.